This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Almost 12 years to the day Mark Kennedy was lining up in Roy Keane's Ipswich Town side who lost at home to Coventry. This weekend he'll be in the opposition dugout as head coach as his Lincoln side face his old club time flies doesn't it this is a blue monday podcast that making you feel old seb i was gonna say thanks thanks for that (laughs) this that's the second time in 48 hours i felt really old i had to do an induction for a guy at work the other day and his year of birth was 2002 what he was born after the millennium? No, and I was like, oh wow, yeah. So yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, that further further kick. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about um, recollections of the past as we go through the show. Um, but as always, hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richie Woodward, and you're listening to the Pre-Match Show, brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on podcast and YouTube video, and joining me. As already, I've already introduced him, Seb Brown. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, good to good to see you again. I missed out yeah. last week. I, mi- I felt something was missing last week on the Thursday night. I was thinking, what? I yeah. should be sat in front of my computer getting ridiculed by you for being yeah. rubbish at predictions. But no, Don't worry, I'll ridicule by... about Dave's instead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, sterling effort by Dave sitting in, not so much on the predictions front. Um, but I really enjoyed last week's show, but glad to be back. Yeah, was it like that feeling when you... It's like you leave school and you leave uni and then for a few years on a Sunday night, you kind of think, man, I probably should have done some homework, shouldn't I? Like, it takes yeah. a while to shake that feeling off. Was it like that last week for you? Very much so. And I had to do the research at night time. You did well it anyway, yeah. Week. So it was strange doing it outside of my working day as well. So yeah, very, very strange week. But normal service is resumed this week. We're back. And we've got a guest, Seb, as well. We've got a good friend of ours from uh, he's in the digital green room i can see his smiling face i'm going to give him some compliments and then we can introduce him and um, one of our blue monday telegram group vips but more importantly a member of the turnstile blues collective welcome matt making to the podcast matt how are you oh, thanks rich i'm very well thank you thank you very much for having me on it's a pleasure to be here oh absolute pleasure to have you and we'll be talking new 
issue of Turnstile Blues shortly. Um, but we'll talk through bits and pieces of news and get your opinions on them. Um, first things first, um, I need to blow our trumpet along with TWTD for our excellent, if I do say so myself, interview with Ian Westlake. That is another thing that made me feel old, Seb, um, <laughs> and Matt as well. These 03, 04, 04, 05 seasons, which I thought were kind of just, you know, a few years back happened to be 15, 16 years ago now. Um, the, are you, you're the of, of the right vintage guys to remember this. Matt, was your, did you rekindle any good or bad memories of that era? Oh, it, it brought back the horrors of those back-to-back playoff seasons for me. That was, um, yeah, um, that's definitely my vintage. I think you, you've only got a couple of years on me, Rich. So that was sort of my um, my, my late teen years. And um, yeah, my, my dad's a bit of a, a casual hammer and, uh to this day, I still haven't quite lived down the 0405 playoffs when I go and speak to him. But on on the other hand, it, it brought back some really great memories as well. And I I, I had a listen to it one um, this morning uh, on the pod, and yeah, I just I just thought it comes across really well, and the same as he has on the co-coms this season. Um, and some of it had me in absolute stitches. Um, the bit where he's uh, talking about um, pinching that goal. Or not <laughs> pinching that goal, as he said, he was never going over the line, over line. and uh, and things like that. And it was, it was some really insightful bits about um, after he left Ipswich and and particularly into the Leeds dressing room around about that era. That was uh, very interesting. So um, what was going on in that period of time? So yeah, just a great interview brought back a, a lot of memories um, from my youth. And like you, Rich, I I can think it's not that long ago, but when I do the numbers, it is. <laughs> it's is a bit, isn't it? And yeah, Seb, do you want to? I mean. We we do we watch Burton together. I think we watched the the iFollow stream together, didn't we? And what great co-commentator! And I guess having listened to him for an hour or so, you kind of get the sense what a great talker, what great insights. He sees the game in a really you know unique way, doesn't he? Very much so. Yeah, some of his insight was superb. Like you say, he's a really really great talker, and he was so I found him really funny at times yeah. as well. I mean, the stuff when he's talking about Karen Pickering and he sat there with Jim and he says I could beat her. That was that was brilliant. And the stuff about the the preseason was it Joe Rolls' first preseason? It must have been summer of '03, and they did the swimming in the pool, and he was saying this is 30 seconds work for me, and he's got kids in the shallow end, players in the shallow end who don't know how to swim and stuff. That it was it was a really really great interview. Make sure you go and give it a listen, and yeah, it brought back some. Some really good memories not obviously that the way those seasons ended with the west ham defeats but you know just just the goal at sheffield united i think that was on my birthday if i'm rightly the, the one, one all draw your house i think we watched it at loughborough yeah when i think you we, came uni, to loughborough yeah. And we watched it yeah and we had a night out afterwards that i, I could picture that in my head where you know he takes it down scores the goal and celebrating and i didn't realize at the time it was an empty an empty stand that he's celebrating in front of but yeah absolutely brilliant insight really really good work a, a really really good interview yeah, thanks especially to Ian, obviously, for, for his time. But Phil Ham at TWTD um, helped make that happen and obviously worked with me on scripting it and all that kind of stuff and putting it out there. So available on our podcast and um, YouTube feeds do get involved in that one. Um, in terms of other bits of news, in terms of the podcast, we obviously announced there in the week um, we're part of TalkSports Fan Network, which we're excited about, um, bringing together fan creators and fan podcasters across the 92 clubs. Um I mean, business as usual, um, generally for our content, we still have full control of that. We'll say whatever we want within reason. Um, hopefully, um, usual respectful stuff, but hopefully the backing of TalkSport to get the podcasts further afield and resources and stuff like that that we don't obviously have as um, as hobbyists and independent people. So, um, yeah, really excited about that. And hopefully you guys um, watching and listening will 
reap the benefits just as much as we will on that one. So I'm excited to see how that one develops. In terms of, I mean, it's worth talking about. We don't usually do the news like like what housekeeping stuff like we used to do, Seb, but there's been some announcements the last few days which have really grinded my gears to borrow Peter Griffinism. One is Exeter moving to a midday kickoff for Sky. And I'm not disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed with Sky, but I'm, I'm more angry at the fact that it's the World Cup and that's just ruined everything. So you can give me your thoughts in a second on that. And then Matt, wearing a third kit for a home match has really grind my, ground, grinded, ground my gears as well. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Let's do them in order, though. Exeter, Seb, talk to me. Um, from a personal point of view, yeah, really annoyed because we were going to go down there. We had a few group of guys that were going to meet up and make a bit of a weekend out of it and then look to try and stay over and, and, and do the uh, the women's game on the Sunday. Ooh. And it's all just gone to pot now because I think I'd have to leave at like 6 a.m. to get down there for the, the kickoff. And yeah, really, really annoying yet again. It's one of these times when, you know, the, the, the consideration of the fans isn't isn't a factor whatsoever. If they'd have made it a 5.30 kickoff, fine. That could probably have still yeah. worked for everybody. That would have been, bad, would have been no it? issue whatsoever. We could still get down there at our own, our own pace and it wouldn't affect the ITC women's game the next day. So short-sightedness, again, a real, real pain. And, and, and yeah, now I'm not going to be able to do that ground or make the weekend out of it or see the ladies' game. So really, really annoyed with that one. Thanks, FIFA. What well a FIFA. Um, add, the, add it to the list of grievances of FIFA. And yeah, I, I can understand, Matt, why people are a little bit ambivalent about the kit kind of thing. I'm just traditionalist and kind of think, wear a home kit at home, you know, unless it's like the last game of the season and there's some reason, you know, why the game doesn't matter kind of thing. But I, I'm the club's post about this didn't really explain the rationale behind it. It was just, we're doing it. And, and therefore it kind of, bugs me a little bit does it bug you definitely um I, I tweeted yesterday it is i'm not keen um i think it sets a bit of a worrying precedent i appreciate other people's views i kind of get why people are as you say ambivalent but for me um i'll try out a line i've been saying a lot of the last 24 hours some things are sacred and ipswich playing in blue at home is one of them um it does seem that we're purely doing it for all um commercial gain uh and i appreciate that the shirt sales particularly the last couple of years um with the ed sheeran sponsorship uh are massive for the club financially but i'm i'm struggling to see where there's a commercial gain when we've sold this shirt out two times over um with, with another pre-order um session coming up again um i'm just not i mean i, I wasn't keen when i was wearing the away kit at home during pre-season <laughs> so um th this is particularly um yeah to has ground my gears as well um uh, i think i'll probably get over it eventually um but yeah it, it's just let's just hope it's a one-off and not a sign of things to come and it's it's a game on sky so we're cursed already through that and i just recall we wore the white away shirt last season at Charlton when we didn't need to do that. And we got beat by Charlton. And I really, I, I've got like a superstition kind of thing. Or I know that's nonsense and all that kind of stuff. I just don't like it when we don't wear proper kits. You know, if it's an away game, fair enough. If you've got a choice over the red and black versus the black one, I kind of think, you know, fill your boots kind of thing on that situation. But yeah, at home, it just, I mean, maybe Seb, it's going to unwind the sky curse. You know, one curse to undo another one, perhaps. Like, I need 
I've got two negatives and a positive or whatever it is. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, we need something to break that sky curse, don't we? Was it one win out of the last? Oh, I don't know how many it is now. Yeah, maybe potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. There's been times where they could have worn it up until this point and clearly chose not to. I thought they might wear it at Hillsborough because I thought the the red, the stripes of our away shirt might clash with their stripes. But for whatever reason, they've made a commercial decision. And yeah, I guess we, we kind of have to live with it, don't we? We do, and unless Ed Sheeran's going to do a halftime appearance, in which case I will eat my words, um, then we're at Exeter. If you're going to want it on Sky, we're at an Exeter. There you go. Compromise. Anyway, let's move on from ranting and raving. Let's talk about more positive things, including the latest edition of Turnstile Blues available this Saturday. Matt, tell us all about it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is our 10 year anniversary, this one. Um, so oh, in October 2012. Feeling older. I know, I know just to, to, to run on a theme. Um, so, yeah, so October 2012, a few of us uh, got together. We weren't obviously particularly happy about the way the club was being run at the time with the, with the ownership that as it was under Marcus Evans. And we thought, let's let's do a one-off fanzine, you know, and let's let's call it Turnstile Blues because uh, Simon Clegg, remember him? Uh, it just come out um, with, a, with a very kind of partridge press release, including making a big deal that the, uh, the turnstiles for the, the West End had just been repainted. Um, and, and here we are um, now issuing uh, issue 26. 10 years later um so this issue it's it's really reflecting on changes obviously this we really seem to be in a much more positive place than we were 10 years ago albeit a division lower in the pyramid um so uh, gavin barber's written a really nice piece um sort of bringing together the the like the the timeline of turnstile blues uh why why we started it sort of the the things we we didn't talked about and how it evolved um over the last decade um we've got um we've got a guest writer uh, mike smith clare who's a, a brighton and hove albion fan he's written about us as much as he's really happy to see uh his club where they are now he, in a way he does miss the old days in the, in the third tier of english football um and then as an antidote to that um steve moore has written a piece why uh, we need to get out of this division this season <laughs> let's face it we've had enough um there's a really interesting piece um from grant beige putting the uh, the kobolds and um, particularly mr john un under the microscope uh their their time at the, the helm of the club um uh, and one thing we're really proud to um have done is uh, rob freeman sat down with francine from rainbow tractors uh, and done an interview and um, particularly with the with the rainbow laces game coming up um in the derby game uh, friday week um and also just um following on from what you said about the world cup earlier rich we've also got a piece from Stu hellingsworth um on qatar and fifa and and uh, how horrendous that's all been in terms of the human rights uh and particularly sort of around sort of um how migrants have been treated and have been come into to the construction uh we've also got uh, an interview uh, that again gav has managed to do with uh robin cowan who a lot of people now be familiar with um uh, hearing her commentary over what was a glorious summer for england women um and rob has also um written a nice little piece about england players um that uh, did and didn't make world cup squads as we got a world cup coming up he says on the 13th of october next month <laughs> so bumper all in all it's, it's a bumper issue it is where can we find you to get a copy and is it have you managed is it inflation busting or have you is the price increasing this year 
Uh, we no, it's still a pound. Inflation busting all the way, only a pound. Um, so we'll be outside the ground from about one thirty on Saturday afternoon. In the usual places, we'll have a few of us near the statue of Sir Ralph, uh, statue of Sir Bobby, um, up and down with normally somebody outside the entrance to the fan zone as well. Uh, and usually a couple of roving sellers as well. Um, uh, also, hopefully, we'll and I'm I'm waiting for confirmation on this. We might even have a few copies for sale in the Greyhound um, beforehand. Uh, excellent pub, you can see. It. Hopefully, I'm making. I think the my sign is uh made the camera shot behind me actually. So, <laughs> try, yeah, no, ah, ah, mirrors. Never mind that one up there behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah only only a pound um bumper issue um we've the last few issues certainly the last couple of years just before and just after covid we've been selling out on day one so come and find us um there will be an ebay link going out on our twitter account turnstile underscore blue and um, for those that want to um order it by post anybody who can't make the lincoln game uh, on saturday so yeah come, come and find us uh, and get a copy of turnstile blues fantastic and if you ever needed another reason to go to the greyhound pre-match there it is and seb i always ask you this you can't get anything for a pound these days can you no what amazing value in the in this world of everything going up in price it's great that it's still only gonna be a pound so you will not get a better bit of entertainment for a quid i guarantee it um beforehand matt you, you're one of these weird people that goes running on a saturday you know when i'm sat on my ass drinking a <laughs> coffee watching sky sports news you are running and doing park run and there is a special park run this weekend in ipswich am i right yeah that's right it's so it's the um, the 10th anniversary of ipswich park run which was the the first park run to start up in suffolk um the actual anniversary was um in september but the event was was postponed obviously after the, the passing of the queen um and but the the great thing about this one is that the itfc foundation are doing a um what they call a takeover uh of the event so they're going to be filling a lot of the volunteer roles so marshalling barcode scanning um timekeeping things like that and um, theo benneworth and the club's been heavily involved in organizing that with the core team yeah, at Ipswich yeah, Park yeah. Run. Um uh, on the uh, on the original day even and what was really good to see even though obviously they were they were stood down because we decided it wasn't appropriate to do the event then um quite a few um staff and, and even a couple of under 21 players still came out and volunteered but they'll be they'll be out there in force um so that, uh, if anybody's interested it's um saturdays it starts at nine o'clock uh outside the cricket pavilion in chantry park um it's all abilities 5k or 3.1 miles in old money um you can walk it you can run it you can jog it you can take your dog around on a short lead whatever you like it's a very welcoming community um if you're looking to get some fresh air and some exercise on a saturday morning uh i, I can't recommend anything better yeah justify your pre-match points there then perfect isn't it um do you need to register in advance uh, you do need to you can registering is free um if you want to, to get a record of your time and you'll get a barcode it, um the great thing now is you don't even have to have access to a printer you can um just show the barcode on your phone or indeed for those of you that are already into run and do park run if you've got gum and watch of the light you can get a widget or an app or something to put your barcode on your watch um but you don't have to register if you just want to go around go through the funnel you can say to the scanners i haven't got a barcode check your token in um and yeah there's no obligation to register to take part perfect see you there seb yeah 
Um, I'll let you be the lead on that one. Like, yeah. like you, I'm always envious of people that do this kind of stuff, and I absolutely doff my cap to you. I am like you. I, I sit at my ass drinking coffee, <laughs> watching Sky Sports as well. So fair play, absolutely great work. Yeah, good stuff, and all the best for that one for um, the foundation and we, our mate Theo as well, and obviously you take part in them too, Matt, don't you? And um, Yeah, and head down to the Greyhound and or around Portman Road and pick yourself up a Turnstile Blues as well. Matt, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Rich. Seb, let's talk about Lincoln um, arriving at Portman Road. I was going to say, I, was gonna, I don't know why I was going to say, in, in confident style, but um, there's definitely a bit of a home and away split with Lincoln's form this season. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, tell us where they find themselves in League One. So currently 18th in the league with 14 points, but they've they've played a game less than most of the people around them. So they're kind of sort of solid there or thereabouts. Played 11 games, only won three so far this season, but they've drawn five, so a lot of draws. Uh, lost three, scored 14 goals and conceded 16. They are unbeaten at home. However, I think they've only won one at home. The rest of them have all been that kind of run of draws. They're decent away from home, 12th in the table with two wins, one draw and three defeats from seven played. They've scored eight goals away from Sinsel Bank is it Cecil Bank? Yeah, I think so. Uh, They've got a sponsor over there, I think. Yeah, uh, conceded 12, though. Uh, their only away goals were in the wins at Oxford. They won 2-1 at Oxford. Um, and Bristol Rovers in a crazy game, 6-3. I remember that. Bristol Rovers, yeah. do you? I've got no recollection of that whatsoever. I must have missed that in the... Was it Was it recently or was it... Yeah, it was about a month ago. I think oh, there okay. was quite a lot of late goals. It just there was went end-to-end quite a bit. Um, okay. Yeah. I remember Teddy Bishop got a bit of a run of form for them. He's only got a couple for the season, so maybe that's one of the games that he that he netted in. They've only kept three clean sheets uh, all season, so given our form, you know, you'd expect this to be relatively straightforward. Touch wood, hopefully. Uh, and they're 13th in the form table for the last six games, so we're kind of playing a side here that are kind of. I mean, the stats will come on to mostly kind of back back this up. They are sort of a solid kind of mid-table side, probably in a year's worth of transition, um, look under, under a new manager with a kind of a new a new. Club philosophy to kind of build upon yeah worth i think just reiterating that as you said all of their away goals came in two games um so scoring away from home a bit of an issue there um and yeah i was gonna say something that will jinx us so i'm not gonna say it. i'm gonna move on um, <laughs> remind us about the games from last season because um doubled them didn't we we did, yeah. Doubled them. Uh, kept clean sheets in both games. They finished 17th last year on 52 points. They were 12 points clear of relegation, so never any any kind of real danger. Of course, we remember it was our first win of the season in September last year. Uh, Macaulay Bond scoring a great header. Was, was it a Hayden Coulson cross, I think? And Macaulay Whipped Bond in that, yeah, in that rich kind of vein of form. God, I remember they the were offside. very... They were very salty about it as well. Do you remember they, they, they suggested that there was a push, I think, on the defender at the time? I think the manager oh, no, at the so, time. Yeah. Was, they had a goal disallowed for offside, weren't they? So yeah. But they, they had but a goal for offside and, and there was a push, I think, in the build-up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were very adamant that Bon had fouled his man. But obviously that was our first win of the season. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? When you think, obviously, now compared to our points tally now to our points tally. When we finally chalked that one off. And then later on in the season, we had those kind of, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill games as we were looking to close down the playoffs. We beat them 2-0 in March at Portman Road. Wes Burns and Caden Jackson scored. I remember the Jackson goal. Moores, I think, had a shot and it literally just fell to Jackson, I think, almost on the goal line and he just tapped the ball home. So a, a pretty routine win as we were looking to kind of chase down the uh, chase down the playoff places. I'm going to have to find the video for that. I can't remember that at all. And I would have been there as well. So The goals yeah, were quite early. They're both. I think they were both before the first half hour. Um, they would have been South pretty... then, would they? Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah uh, pretty routine, why. pretty routine victory. And 
last game out didn't sound like a classic against Charlton. Um, you see, the script says one shot on target from each side each. Yeah, so, not, yeah not, not one for the purists and not, not a classic <laughs> game at all. They had five shots off target. They had 10 corners, so they must have been kind of in the opposition opposition box a fair bit, but they created no big chances whatsoever. The best chance fell to uh, Daniel Madroy, um, who they've signed in the summer from the Irish League. He had a volley, a uh, well-saved volley, which I think came from a long throw. So it, it wasn't the kind of game for, for purists or heavy chance creation. They had 45% possession to Charlton's 55, but just, just simply didn't threaten. And let's talk about Mark Kennedy. We mentioned him at the top and you mentioned him very briefly there, new manager coming in. As you said, definitely has a sense of a transitional season about it. Michael Appleton, obviously there before. Um, and we know all about Michael Appleton and the, and the, the teams that he's put together there. We'll talk about, we're kind of, um, disclaimer alert, we're going to stop talking about ins and outs because that was in the summer now. And I think probably we yeah, we'll, do we'll it pick out the key players rather than just talking about yeah all the players they've signed. But a bit of a changing of the guard too. But talk to us about Mark Kennedy because you know I think a lot of us remember his playing days. Probably you know not in a vintage Ipswich Town team if we're honest. I remember him more for spellers at Wolves and Man City. Yeah. Um, but he's been around quite a bit as a coach, hasn't he? He has been, yeah. Obviously, we remember him from uh, Roy Keane signed him in the summer of Roy Keane's second season, so going into the 2010-11 season for about 75 grand, I think, wasn't it? It wasn't a big fee, and I think at the time he must have been 34, 35 years old. I do remember he played in the sort of the quarterback role in the Arsenal, you know, the Thomas Priskin. I'm, I'm sure he played, we had like an injury crisis. Alongside Healy. Uh, yeah, I think he played in kind of the quarterback role there and I was always impressed with his kind of professionalism and the way he was able to read the game and see things out. But he obviously stayed on after he retired. So he retired in 2011 or 12 and he stayed on, didn't he, as our under-21s manager. Um, I think he was very highly rated. Well, he must have been because Man City came calling for him and he went up there. Obviously, he's an ex-Man City player, but went back up to Man City and looked after their kind of youth slash, slash reserve team until 2018. Then he takes the same role, the, the youth team manager at Wolves, um, for a, a couple of months in, in in the back end of 2019. He gets his first gig as a manager in the in the in the hot seat at Macclesfield in January 2020. Until, branch. until August 2020. Uh, only wins one though in 12 games, but they had a whole host of off-field issues, didn't they? They got relegated, but I'm sure there were points deductions involved for off-field kind of stuff. So not really a fair kind of way to measure his his success. Uh, he resigned, obviously, after they were relegated to the National League. He then pitched up at Birmingham, where he's the assistant manager to Lee Bowyer for a while. And then Lincoln went out and signed him in the summer. And I was quite surprised. They gave him a four-year deal, which clearly shows their intentions and shows you know how much they, they think of him. I mean, what is the average life expectancy for a manager in League One? It's got to be, what, 18 months tops, probably at this point. So to give somebody a four-year deal in, in what is really probably their first kind of real foray into senior senior manager I thought was a real a real vote of confidence and I guess it shows exactly what Lincoln want to do under him and they've kind of adapted this this more sustainable strategy that we'll talk about in a minute with some of their some of their transfers yeah it's a commitment a big commitment to them and yeah it's nice to see though isn't it it's it's yeah. great to see you know I mean obviously he was so highly rated at the uh under 21s and, and, and youth levels it's great to see someone's got that confidence to go out and give him a four-year deal yeah and he speaks really well I, I was listening to his pre-match you know as you say very tactically astute um I'm, I'm pretty certain he's it's not going to be trying to play us at our own game on saturday but um you know at, at this level and you know some of the recruitment he's been smart brought in players from the league of ireland which we talked about you know um yeah we wish him well there don't we um let's talk about tactics and and his approach um 
a bit of experimentation in the last few games. Yeah, so they started the season with a 4-3-3. That was kind of the regimented, we will not switch from this. And they used that for, for, for nine occasions. However, in the last two games, they've gone to a back three. So it switched to a 3-4-3. Now, Mark, yeah, Mark Hughes, Mark Kennedy uh, came out and, uh, and, and said he likes the 3-4-3. Obviously, they put an extra body into the back line, but it enables them to hit teams on the break. Uh, he says that the, the kind of setup there they're going to go for is this counter-attacking counter side and having the three at the back really enables them to push those wing backs forward and look to hit sides who are kind of over-committing uh, on the break. And, and, and he sees them as being a very effective side on the counter. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And they've got I mean, some, yeah, some good players on the counter-attack as well, haven't they? Um, yeah, they've got this, this this front three. So they've got the guy we spoke about a minute ago, this Danny Mandry. He's joined from the, uh, I think it was from Shram- Shamrock Rovers um, over in the Irish League. He came in in the summer now. He's had a bit of a slow start. But he came off the bench against Bolton. Nice. They lost the game. They lost the game two 0 But he came off the bench and impressed. And he got a start last week against uh, against Charlton. So I fully expect him to start on the right hand side of the of the attacking three. Uh, striker Ben House will sit in the, as the focal point. He's got three goals so far this season. He'll sit there and hold the ball up and look to bring the, the guys around him into play. And they've got Jack Diamond, kind of a left winger slash left forward on loan from Sunderland. Um, if you've played Football Manager, you might have seen the name. I've certainly signed him on a few occasions. He's their top scorer so far this year with four goals only made five stars and scored four goals wow. he'll play on the left hand side of the three and he'll look to kind of cut inside and, and, and look to get shots off yeah it does look like an effective front three doesn't it and yeah Ben House was doing the the media this week um, pre-match so I, I wonder whether they do that kind of the mind game is where they put someone forward and then they and we think he's starting and then he's on the bench but who knows I mean a name that is obviously we when we, when we talk about Lincoln these days Got to mention Teddy Bishop. Um, he won't be available Saturday, sadly. 
No, unfortunately, he's injured. He's had a decent season. He's got a couple of goals so far this year. I mean, Teddy Bishop, we've, we've all spoken about him so many times on the pod. I, I would have loved to have seen what Kieran McKenna could have done with a fully fit Teddy Ooh. Bishop because, you know, his ball control, running at people, dribbling was was absolutely superb. I was always a huge, huge Teddy Bishop fan. Sad the way it ended for him. He probably needed to go elsewhere, you know, and, and have a fresh start and start playing playing some games. Did okay last season. They played him in kind of a right wing back role at times last season as well, which I thought was was strange. We know him as obviously as a as a number eight or a number ten, but he won't feature on the weekend. He's uh, he's out injured. As is Tom Hopper, who is their kind of other centre forward kind of option. He's out injured as well. They've both kind of missed the last three weeks or so, so neither will probably feature at the weekend. Yeah, there's a few kind of injury doubts and bits and pieces in there. I mean, the biggest one, I think we spoke about him last season in quite positive terms, is Lewis Monsma, who's um quite a he's big centre back, Dutch centre back, um, who's who's had an ACL injury and, and I think is is coming back to training now, but is it's too soon for him on the weekend. But um he's out and then um What's happened here? Max Sanders? Yes, he's come back into the central midfield position. So what they've done is they've got a guy on loan from Blackpool called Matty Virtue. He'll sit there and be the kind of the deeper kind of player of the two. He he likes to get a bit stuck in and do the kind of the the nitty gritty work. And Max Sanders has come back from an injury. He's the kind of more creative force. So expect Matty Virtue to do the kind of the ball winning, lay it off to Sanders, who will then look to link with those front three players and be the kind of main driving and creative force from the centre of the pitch. Mark Kennedy's a huge fan of Sanders. You, You get a quote this week saying he's an outstanding player I'm a big fan and before he got injured I openly said to the group he's one of my first picks every single week so you know a manager coming out and saying that shows how highly he rates him so expect to see him kind of move forward with the ball and and, and look to create things for those front three yeah so as you said it's a um, 3-4-3 three, three formation there Paul Jackson I kind of played in the back three last time out um, worth keeping a, a, a lookout for O'Connor. Pordy O'Connor, another signing I think from the Irish League, has got a long throw, monster long throw. So I would expect similar tactics to maybe, maybe it's kind of a hybrid between how Portsmouth approached the game against us in Cambridge. I think there's there's a little bit more, um, I was going to say passing sensibility, but we'll talk through the passing stats. Maybe maybe I'm making a bit of a stretch here. I, I, I get a sense, like I said, but it'll feel like a, quite similar to the Portsmouth game. Do you agree with that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be overly Less adventurous. Direct, well, yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it, it, they kind of they, they average, I think, two hundred and fifty odd short passes per game. So they, they're not a side that kind of looks to go long ball. They they won't get anywhere near us for the the, the amount of passes completed in the game. But they are predominantly a, a short passing side. They they won't be hoofing it long to uh, to house to, to to kind of you know flick things on. They're, they're kind of a, they like to get the ball down and play. I mean. In terms of the stature of the side, we've said it's a team in transition. There are yeah. some big names at this level who are no longer there, on and and probably a deliberate choice, right? But but then that lack of experience perhaps is going to mean that they're going to be towards the bottom end of the division, and maybe towards the top, aren't they? You know, tell, yeah, talk it, us through some of the names that are no longer there. It feels similar to when we spoke about Accrington, doesn't it? You know, you kind of associate this kind of spine of players with with certain clubs, and and in the summer they've let they've let quite a bit of experience walk out the door. So John Marquis has moved on, Liam Bridcut's moved on, Chris Maguire, um, from all in their thirties. 
yeah, Bridcut and Maguire are both 33. John Marcus is 30. So they've all been all been let go. They lost a couple up the food chain to to better kind of clubs. Anthony Scully was a player I always liked. He moved up to, to Wigan. Uh, and Cohen Bramwell went to Rotherham as well. I think he was a left wing back or a left back. He went to, to Rotherham. And they've kind of gone out and kind of looked to buy, buy younger. And I guess that ties in with the Kennedy appointment, given his kind of you know history with, with coaching under 21 teams and stuff. The average age of the players bought in is 23 years old. They've got five loans and the average age of those loans is 22.8 years old. So they've kind of shifted away from, you know, you've got 33, 33 and 30 year olds going out the door and they're kind of bringing in these, you know, they're looking at, at new resources and new markets like the League of Ireland to bring in perhaps these kind of guys they can look to develop and then maybe sell on. And I just think it, it struck me as being a bit of a transitional year and maybe a bit of a, a of an attempt to maybe run the club a little bit more sustainably maybe. I mean, we remember the year they finished in the playoffs as if they had, they had Brennan Johnson in there and stuff. I guess you can do that so many times before you want to start developing your own players and then look to reinvest so it, it struck me as a a bit of a changing of the guard and, and kennedy kennedy is obviously the man they've uh, entrusted to oversee that yeah and a, and a coach right as well so he, he yeah the expectation is he's going to improve these players as well as help identify them in the first place and kind of feel, feels like irish moneyball over there doesn't it in lincoln <laughs> let's in terms of the we, we alluded to just then the style of play and the type of approach they're going to take i mean kennedy was quick when he was asked by their local media about how do you stop Ipswich to, to, he, taught, he said it matters what we do kind of thing um, so what can we expect from them I mean possession stats don't suggest they're going to try and and it, I, they'd be foolish maybe to try and play us at our own game on possession talk to us about the stats Seb yeah, so the, the average 44% possession, which is 21st in the league, that's slightly better away from home. It's 44.8% away from home, which is 18th in the league. They only average 8.5 shot, 8.5 shots per game, which is 23rd in the league. Away from home, that drops down further to 6.7 shots, which is 24th in the league. So it's, it's not a side that creates a lot of chances and, and has many shots on goal at all. Uh, 2.9 shots, of those 6.7 shots on target, only 2.9 tend to be on target, which is the bottom uh, again, 24th in the league. So again, it's it's a side that's really kind of struggling to to, to get their shots off and, and create good quality kind of chances. 11 of their goals have been from open play. They haven't scored any from set pieces. They scored two penalties, but no goals from free kicks or from corners so far this season. They're very good. They are top for interceptions per game. 12.5 interceptions per game, which is, which is top of the league and 14.5 away from home. So I guess that suggests a side that is... Yeah, high press, well set up, knows what they need to do and kind of reads the game very well, which I guess comes back to what I was saying about Kennedy when he played in that central midfield role against Arsenal. I was impressed that night. He, he ran the game and, and, and was really, really alert in that, in that, in that position. Uh, most tackles per game in League One overall, 17.5. Uh, they only spend on average 26% of the game in the opposition's half when they're away from home. So like I said earlier, they're not, I don't think, going to be a side that's going to look to sort of, you know, set up camp in our half. And try and so won't be a high press then? Maybe Sorry. they camp out. And may, it won't be a high press then, so maybe it'll be. Um, well, I guess it might be up to our. It might be just not very effective. Half. Maybe, yeah, but halfway uh, maybe they maybe they only engage up to the halfway line. You know. Yeah, potentially. And they've conceded three penalties this season, all away from home as well. So three penalties in the 11 games they've played, all the away from home. So travesty. That absolute yeah. nightmare. And yeah. the, uh, the third goal they conceded, I think the guy just threw the ball straight to Bud Varson or someone in the Bolton team. And they were 3-0 down. So, yeah, there is there is a little bit of inexperience there and perhaps 
immaturity that crops up from time to time. But and, and that yeah, comes to the side when you move players on, doesn't it? You know, if you've got Liam Bridcut sat on your midfield for a season, then you're not going to make those kind of mistakes and stuff, and he'll kind of run the game. And this is this is what teams in transitions have to kind of kind of put up with. Yeah, and and take heart from the fact that you don't play teams like Plymouth. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Bolton, Ipswich every week as well. So that we we know there's a lot of chaff in in this division as well. So you just got to be the best of the rest kind of thing, hasn't it? Yeah. In terms of in terms of us, we'll obviously come on to our predictions in a second on, on this one. A lot of debate about um, the rotation at Morecambe last week. I, presumably, you're expecting Wolford and to be back in for for yeah. Keo. Any other changes? Any other sort of reverting well, back to where we were for? Surely it'll be more like the side we saw against Cambridge, but with Evans in yeah. for uh, in for ball. I guess we're, we're starting to see now, aren't we? Kind of an away side and a home side form a little bit. Jackson and John Jules tend to start away from home and Ladapo and Harness kind of start at home. I expect Ladapo to come back in and lead the line. Jackson, you know, when he when, against Morecambe in the number nine role for me, just, just doesn't do enough in that kind of... I don't think it's his position, to be fair. Um, so I'd expect uh, Harness and Ladapo to come back in. One thing I would probably do, I'd, I'd like to see Carl Edwards start again. Obviously, he had the, you know, the assist against Pompey, the two goals against Cambridge. When he went on the left-hand side, he didn't get much joy on the right-hand side at all. But when he moved to the left-hand side against Morecambe, he was a really big threat. Obviously, he wins the penalty. Oh, wow. He has the shot in the first half, uh, sorry, in the second half, just after the break that hits the post. So I'd, I'd like to see him get a start. Now, at home, you're probably always going to start Wes Burns, aren't you, in the, the wide right, in the wide right role. So is it maybe a time to give Chaplin a rest? And have Edwards and Harness as the two number tens tomorrow. I don't know. That's just something I would, I would perhaps look to do. Chaplin's looked a little bit off it in the last couple of games at Cambridge and and Morecambe. So potentially for me, I would probably look to bring in Edwards uh, slightly further forward in the in the number the number ten role and uh, on that left hand side, looking to kind of cut in and, and create havoc. Is the number ten role his position though? Well, I say number 10 role, as we know, it's more like a 4-2-3-1 now. So technically, he's kind of a left left winger as he left of a three. And that's that's definitely his best position when he can cut the ball onto his right and run at people. Okay. I mean, we are speculating. And Harness can, play, Harness can play wider right as well, can't he, in that, in that kind of position? Can. Or have him, as a, have him as a solid number 10 and just have Burns as an out-and-out winger, which is kind of what we see these days, I guess, anyway. Yeah, for some reason, and I have no logic or basis to make this prediction... I'm, I'm not seeing Ladapo start on the weekend. I don't know why. Who do you um, think will? John Jules? I think, yeah, I think he might go with John Jules. Ex-Lincoln, isn't he? Ex-Lincoln, no knee. Am I right? Let me look that up on the interweb while we keep talking. But yeah, I just kind of think that McKenna might fancy if if this is a team that press a little bit higher, um, I think you probably need a little bit more pace than Ladapo, perhaps. I mean, maybe... maybe okay. but, Maybe Jackson gets a go. You never know. Um, but Jackson yeah, he doesn't start many home games though, does no, he? No, he doesn't. He's, he doesn't. He's, he's not one that kind of. I, I can't remember the last time he started at, at Portman Road. Somebody probably shoot me down and say it was Cambridge for all, for all I can remember. But I, I just think I just yeah, I think it'll be Ladapo. You think okay. John Jules? I'd be surprised if it was Jackson. Yes, agreed. Um, Tyrese John Jules' first loan spell away from Arsenal was at Lincoln. Seven appearances and one goal. There you go. Thought Knowledge. I remember that one. Perfect. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Yeah, we'll come on to our predictions in a second. Um, but as always, let's do a bit of housekeeping. We mentioned the, the Ian Westlake interview. We've also mentioned the Greyhound a few times as well, chatting to Matt. Do head down there. Um, we I will can't be there. wait. It's my, it's my first one this season. I can't wait. Yeah, and I've had a bit of a break from illness. 
So I'm looking forward to being back there as well. Um, we mentioned the Telegram group as well. We've done so well in just organically weaving all of these important announcements into the pod. But do join us on the Telegram group, the Matchday Chat, if you're not at Pullman Road. Um, it's definitely a, um, a really useful additional kind of extra part of the Matchday weekend. Certainly for me, when I'm not at the game like I wasn't last week, it was yeah really enjoyable to get people's insights who were there and bit of a debate and thoughts from people who who weren't um so two weeks free trial on us and then a subscription after that and if you are a paid subscriber um you can get a discounted ticket for our live event at portman road which is basically a month away seb need to start closer, out, don't we? i was gonna say yeah have you got a a plan in place here or is this gonna be the that all us lot sat in a in a room chatting about the, the cheltenham game for two hours no really looking forward to it can't no, it wait won't be that. it won't November. be that yeah, clarify it. It won't be that. Yeah, to, uh, December, uh, December, November the twelfth after the Cheltenham game. Is it seven thirty for eight o'clock start till ten o'clock? Is that right? Yep. Did Craig refer to it as carriages at 10 carriages at ten? Yeah, carriages at ten. So really looking forward to it. Hopefully to see as, as as many people as we can get down there. Um, yeah, cannot wait. Yeah, always good to see people in the flesh, as it were. We do enjoy the live chat. And at some point we'll bring, we'll do one of these live again, won't we? So we need to find a week to do that. It won't be Derby, obviously, because that's a Friday night. Um, so we'll find the game to do that for. Maybe we do it on Thursday night. We'll have a think. We'll get back to you on that one. But the usual shows next week, um, we've obviously made space for the Ian Westlake interview, but we'll return for our, our normal routine next week. And the flagship show back on Sunday night, I think Ben's back in the host chair, 8 p.m. live. Yep. Get involved in the chat. Hopefully a positive um, outcome to talk about on Saturday. Uh, and as always, if you're listening to us on the move, um, do let us know how you're getting on and whether you're enjoying stuff. Send us a picture or something if it's safe to do so. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up. Um, help nudge us up the algorithms. Do subscribe. And if you're listening on the podcast, do give us a, a, a review, ideally a five-star one, um, and let us know you're there. Um, so there you go. All the bits and pieces, I think, done. Seb, predictions? Yes, and joining us back again is Mr. Matt Macon, who's now, rather than representing um, Tensile Blues, and he was representing the Blue Monday Telegram group as well, the, the very expert and attractive and articulate and intelligent group that people that it is. Um, we are mixing the format up a little bit. We're still, I will still beat Seb every week, but what we're doing is Brilliant. no comeback. <laughs> you, you're just taking it. Yeah, at this point, what can I say? We've kind of gone beyond bargaining and we're now in acceptance, which is great. Um, rather than just have the Telegram group give a home away or a draw assessment they are going to put forward someone for tribute to take on seb and i and give actual predictions so matt is the canary in the mine he's gonna he's the he's the monkey in space he's gonna test it out so i mean to get you used to the experience matt and for anyone else in our telegram group um who and obviously you can join our telegram telegram group whenever you want two weeks free trial and then a subscription thereafter all the details blue monday itfc.co.uk but to get you familiar with it matt what i do is i put the league i put the results up from last week and it wasn't a vintage week for dave and i um but what we do then is we um point out that i won i put up the league table and i say look i won by two points seven rounds to one well, no, that's uh, not right. Hang on, it's, uh, hang on. If, uh, you can take out two weeks of Dave. It's only five-one you versus me. 
All right. That sounds, I could, that I sounds mean, better. Can you add a new column next week? All right. Just Rich versus Seb, just to make it slightly more better. And bearable. Ben versus Seb as well, yeah. Did I win that week? Did you win that week? I don't think I did. I think you won that week. Yeah, take that one out as well. So I'm, I'm closing yeah. all the time. Excellent, yeah. All of this jiggery pokery just to um I mean it's man it's manipulating the scores and we know we all know the outcome. So yeah, Matt, good to have you with us. No pressure whatsoever. Um if you beat Seb, you know, that's that's great. If you beat me, then you'll never be on the show ever again. So there's the there's, <laughs> that's the impact you've got there. Let's crack on. Let's have a look at the fixtures. I, I don't know how you guys um, I didn't really find this an inspiring round of fixtures this weekend. No real standout games apart from obviously Ipswich Lincoln. Um, but let's start at the top. Accrington Derby. Um, Matt and I are going for a one. Are you quite fancy Derby away there, Seb? At uh, Fortress Accrington. Yeah, I mean, Accrington lost their last game. They won three on the bounce in the middle, lost the last one. But Derby are very inconsistent. They win, then they lose. So because they lost last week, I think they're going to win this week. There you go. Paul Warren effect maybe starting to come in there as well and matt's figured out the one all's tactic yeah that's the smart score there matt in it absolutely when in doubt one all. <laughs> there you go go for the middle one um next up bolton barnsley we're always split down the middle on this one um, i'm going for a bolton win narrow you're going for a draw seb matt's going big on barnsley talk to us about that matt well, looking at their last few results, they've they've been fairly free scoring, um, and and Bolton are, are not on a bit of a great run, and obviously they, they they lost last time out, I think, didn't they? So I just I just figure mainly Barnsley's towns might be up, and and Bolton might be feeling a little bit sorry for themselves, and that it that might just sort of be the the perfect storm for a three 0 Oh, but I mean Barnsley got beat two 0 last week, didn't they? By Exeter, am I right? Is that right? I think so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they lost the last one, but they'd won three mm. on the bounce before then. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've just, I don't know, I've just gone for the, the one all because, like you guys sure. said, it's a safe <laughs> choice. It's the easy if option. Yeah. yeah, I fancy Bolton at home. I quite like Bolton at home. And we're also a little bit split here at Burton Morecambe. I just can't, I can't figure out Burton. And I also think that Morecambe might take some confidence from holding us. Well, they were beating us for a good while, weren't they, last weekend? Um, mm. They might take confidence out of that game, especially given their depleted squad. So I'm going for I'm giving Morecambe a chance of a point. You guys both back in Burton, though, Seb. Yeah, I mean they've lost four out of the last five Morecambe, so they're not exactly on a good run of form, are they? And I guess new manager bounce effect maybe for Burton. They've picked up a little bit, so yeah, hope home win, fairly comfortable. I'd, I'd say. Okay, we shall see next week. Cambridge Sheffield Wednesday. We are all back in Sheffield Wednesday here. Cambridge since they played us haven't been great, have they? But we just, Matt, you can't look, really look past Sheffield Wednesday, can you? Just fearsome squad, haven't they? They they have, and, and Barry Banner makes a huge difference for them as well. And he, he did another cracking goal last weekend, and I couldn't I couldn't put anything other than a Sheffield Wednesday win, really. No, nope. I think your Telegram colleagues would be a bit bemused if you hadn't done that. So I'm um, good <laughs> on you for that one. Shelton and Bristol Rovers again, a little bit of a split here. I just again I can't back Bristol Rovers. I've been giving them. A little bit of praise when they, um, well, <laughs> when we beat them. Um, now I can't back them at all. So I'm going for Cheltenham at home. You guys going for a draw? Yeah. Well, they've, I mean, won not... they've won the last two, haven't they, Bristol Rovers? So they have a bit of a, a bit of an upturn in form. Yeah, a bit yeah. of an upturn in form. So I've, yeah, I've gone for I don't trust the, safe, the safe don't, score. Don't trust them. Exeter, Oxford's, Oxford's, guys. When, when you were at Oxford last week to watch the ITFC women's game and one or draw, good point for them. When are Oxford season going to kick in? Is it when Ipswich go there, Matt? 
Well, funnily enough, um, uh, I was uh, a friend of a friend who's a season ticket holder that Kassam um, said to the pe- people we were staying with, he he genuinely thinks the, the curse of Ipswich never winning a, a league game in the City of Oxford might be broken in January because they are awful. Uh, well, it's not quite the word to use, but I'll keep it fairly PG. Um, yeah, Oxford, they... they I, everything everyone thought they'd sort of be in in the hunt for a, a spot in the top six but yeah they, they lost um lost at home to their their a40 derby rivals wickham and it's quite a quite a turgid response i think the, the tide is starting to turn against carl robinson there streaky carl in the wrong possible streak then we've got fleetwood shrewsbury um seven i going for the fabled one or you're going for shrewsbury i can kind of understand the logic shrewsbury we we quite like shrewsbury on this show don't we seb a lot of yeah, very much history. so. We we discussed them as dark horses in the summer based on their transfer business, and I, I kind of like what they're doing. They were rubbish against us when we turned <laughs> up, but um, apart from that, they're doing okay. Aren't they? They're just uh, just around are they about tenth, eleventh, I think, in the league. Sort of, I guess that we're seeing it as a bit of a transition season, and maybe look to to build next year for maybe a top six kind of push. But no, I, I kind of like what they're doing. I like some of the people they've brought in, and and yeah, quite solidly impressed. I'd say. Yeah, I'm not sure they're a top six team for a while. I, I think that's. That's probably a few more years off, but evolution, steady evolution, let's call it that. Um, the big one, we are all going for a Ipswich win, unsurprisingly. You guys going chunky 3 nils. Talk to me about a chunky 3 nil, Matt. I just think after last week and having gone behind and, and, and scrapped back to get that win, I've got a feeling at home in front of another big pack up Portman Road crowd, we, we're just gonna sort of just go right okay this is what we can do and i, I just think yeah three nil I, I just feel it's going to be another great atmosphere i mean I, I thought we we were really good with the big crowd there um for the pomp game and you take away their two penalties they didn't really have much of a threat on goal at all um so i, I could quite easily see us not conceding and, and scoring a few goals seb do you want to show you're working on that one Totally agree. I think we've now proven we can win all different kinds of games. We'll, you know, we've we've just discussed Lincoln and we've mentioned a few points about them. And I just I just think that we're we're so comfortable these days in if things aren't working at a certain point in the game, nobody panics, everyone remains calm, and I think that'll be quite a straightforward win and be four on the bounce, hopefully. I just think Lincoln are a little bit combative and might be a little bit of a pain in the ass on the weekend and that's why I've gone for the one nil, but I'm pretty confident as we all should be right now um, for the point reasons you guys say, but yeah, maybe struggle maybe to, to break them down too many times in, in my opinion, but we shall see um, MK Plymouth. I mean, not a huge amount of commentary here. MK, as I keep saying, every time I get an opportunity, I'm worried about Milton Keynes and, um, but Plymouth formed team in the division, aren't they? Um, there's no real debate about that one, whether it's two or three, I think is, yeah, we're splitting airs a little bit there. Um, Port Vale, Forest Green, um, Seb and I both back in Port Vale, probably out of a little bit of concern for Forest Green as well. Though they, I think they got a win last weekend, if I remember rightly. They um, lost last weekend, but they won the one before. But you've got to figure that Ellis Harrison's going to score, so you'd, you'd have to back them to score straight away, given the run of form that he's in just before we go and visit them. So that's why I've gone for a, a, a tight home win. Matt's gone for a draw. <laughs> Yeah, I figured that. I just figured there wasn't a lot in it with this one, and and Forest Green have got, like I say, they they've got a habit of sort of popping up and getting sort of better results than you might think they will. And I, I just sort of back back. I thought they they might be able to get a draw out of this one. You know, it's it's two two newly promoted teams. Um, they they know it. They're going to know each other uh, reasonably well from last season, so they might possibly cancel each other out. 
fair enough. Um, I've got hope with Wickham, who are playing Peterborough. I'm going for a one-all draw. I fancy Wickham to get something. I, they, you said they beat Oxford, didn't they, um, yeah. Matt? So on the back of a win there, albeit we know Oxford are struggling, you guys back in Peterborough, though, I guess. Well, they've hit, they've hit a bit of form again, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, and they've, they've suddenly crept up. I think they're fourth now. They're fourth or fifth in the table, I think. They won in midweek a decent performance. So it looks like they've had their, their kind of blip at the start of the season, maybe, and they're just slowly getting into a bit of a rhythm. Doesn't bode well, does it? Finally, Charlton Portsmouth on Monday night. Um, both of us, both Seb and I, backing um, Portsmouth away. Um, I, I, you know, Charlton, we just can't really predict. And I guess, Matt, because of that, you're just hedging your bets and going for a draw because a good version of Charlton might turn up on Monday, I guess. And then, you know, Pompey aren't... Well, we didn't see the best of Pompey, did we? But, you, you know, Charlton could get a point there, couldn't they? I guess that's your thinking. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like I said, it all depends on what Charlton team turn up. And I thought you can't really count them out because if, if they perform to the level that they can do, I think they can hold that, that Portsmouth side to a draw from what we saw at Portman Road the other week. Yep. Well, we'll be back next week to have a look and we'll see how Matt got on. And I think what the plan is, subject to availability, um, is that if you do well, Matt, you get to winner stays on and then if you have a bit of a disaster week if you lose to Seb for example then someone else comes in I'm, it's just bullying now isn't it so I feel smug really... yeah, yeah, yeah hey man I'm pay... this is payback for last season when everyone bullied me about the room 101 vote um, yeah that was definitely other people's faults not because you had it's democracy sort of didn't work it's, it's weird breakdown and what bad play. throw-ins and all the rest of it true true um, so we'll see and hopefully yep you'll have a good week Matt and you'll be back but if not another member of our fabled Bloom Under Telegram group will join us so we'll see how we get on next week and Matt thank you for your predictions and yeah we'll see how we get on there you go well done Matt in the into the into the lion's den as it were Seb um, not against I mean, me you're Dead Simba easy. like young Simba and I'm Mufasa maybe I don't know there you go there's a Lion King reference for everyone this has been Hi, a kid. weird one tonight. Hi, kids. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. It, it, let me know in the comments or at Blue Monday ICT, ITFC.co. Oh, see, I've screwed up there. <laughs> at Blue Monday ITFC, at Ipswich. Did you think at any point I lost control of this podcast? I kind of, my brain's everywhere tonight. Who knows what's going on? But I enjoyed it nevertheless, Seb. Thanks as always for your research. Well done for Matt for joining in. Go and get yourself a copy of Turnstile Blues. Head down to the Greyhound. Join telegram come to the live event join us for the flagship show all that cool stuff and watch our ian westlake interview thank you for all the really nice comments about that as well i really appreciate those i think that's me i think probably i need to shut up seb um thank you everyone if you made it this far um do come and say hello if you see at the greyhound and as always seb i'll let you say the final words pack out portman road make it loud make it proud four wins out of four incoming come on you blues It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hold up. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.